Hello, this is David Sangster, lead pastor at New Life Church. Thank you for joining us today for our podcast. It's our goal to help you grow in your faith and discover all that God has for you. I hope you're encouraged, challenged, and inspired. Enjoy the message. I really pray this has been building blocks and been helpful to you in building a strong Christian life and strong Christian families. So we, we did the foundation series. The first one we did was the power of 10, where we talked about the Ten Commandments and, and, and brought them out of the, you know, the rule books and brought them into more of an applic- applicable part of your life. How do these things work? What, what, is their, what is their purpose for today? Then we, t- we talked about something simple like how to read the Bible. How to read the Bible. How to get out of the Bible all that it has for us. We did another series on how we pray. How do we pray? What is, what is the point of prayer? How do we uh, engage with prayer in, in, uh, in a consistent way? And then we did a, a series on life on mission, about missions work and, and giving to missionaries and, and what it looks like to give to the work of the kingdom. So as we close this year, I want to explore one more foundational concept, okay? And this is how we grow. How we grow, implementing spiritual disciplines, okay? And the reason I want to end the year with this is because everybody knows that when the new year starts, people start going, you know what, I need to, I need to change some things. How many people have ever done a New Year's resolution, resolution not a resolution, maybe you've done a resolution, maybe that's why it didn't work. A New Year's resolution that you did for like a minute, right, yeah? Well, I was so into that, and we did it, and I did it for a minute. Um, yeah, we've all done that. Don't feel bad. We've all done that. So what I'd like to do this, this month, leading up to the new year, is give you some principles of how we grow. And I think the best way to grow is in the organic way. It's, it's, it's slower than we want it to be. Right? Growth that sticks is a slow growth. It's agricultural. It's not fast food. Okay? So the whole series, the big idea of the series is this. The series invites us to investigate spiritual disciplines and how they help us to grow. We will look at how, why we grow, our model for growth, growth tools, and, listen to this one, legacy building. Legacy building. I think that's a very important one. So week one, the title of week one's message is this. No alternative. No alternative. So with that, would you mind just uh, joining with me in prayer? I'll pray for you, and you can silently pray for me, okay? Lord, thank you for this opportunity we have to be in your house today. Lord, what a wonderful time of, of spending just a few moments worshiping you together. Lord, we should worship you on our own, but it's just something special about coming together as a congregation, as a group of people, as a family in Christ, and worshiping you together. And now, Lord, as we look at this new series on how we grow, God, I pray that you would, uh, you would put seeds in our hearts of things that we need to, to, to work out. And Lord, I pray also that you would give us the, the power of your Holy Spirit to actually implement these things into our lives. So, God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. We're all in process, 
And I know, Lord, that you are at the center of that process. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. No alternative. I think it's important when you're doing anything that's valuable, has value in your life, it is to establish the why. The why behind what we do, right? Why am I doing this? Why do I work out? If you don't have a good why, you're going to work out for, well, not like the why. If you have a different gym than the why, it's fine, okay? But if you don't establish a good why, then you're going to work out real hard for a few days, and then you're going to fizzle out because the why is not big enough, okay? If you are trying to change your financial uh, situation, Dave Ramsey talks about this. If you're trying to change your financial situation, there has to be a big enough why for you to make the hard choices to cut those credit cards up. You got to have a good why. All right? Everything that we do that's significant needs to have a good reason, have a good why. Why do we do the things that I do? Why is spiritual growth important? That's a good question. I got saved. I, I, I love Jesus. Why do I need to grow? Why can't I just, you know, do me. Why, why, why is the Bible talk about this? Is, does the Bible talk? We'll talk about that a little later. Why should I implement spiritual disciplines into my life? The word discipline is nothing that we really gravitate towards. Discipline. Yay. Pastor's going to talk about discipline for four weeks. Yay. Maybe I'll find somewhere else to go. <laughs> you know, no. I mean, what, that's why the why is so important. If we understand that there's a, a significant why to this, then we can really sink our teeth into it. And that's why today the whole sermon is about the why. So the big idea for this sermon is this. We don't uh, implement spiritual disciplines into our lives just to have more things to do. We grow or die. I'll leave it up there for a second. I'm going to read it again. We don't implement spiritual disciplines into our lives just to have more things to do. And I think that that's where people get, it gets tough for people. They're like, my life is super busy, pastor. And I know it is. I know your life is busy. We live in a perpetual state of motion in our world today. Busyness, I mean, we only have so many hours in the day. So why do these types of things trump some of the other things that you're doing? Because you can't always do everything, you have to pick and choose. So we don't want to just, I don't want to give you from this pulpit just another list of things that you should do just because you got to buckle down and be a Christian. The truth is, in my, and I think we're going to see this today, that we grow or we die. If that's not a significant enough why, then I don't know what is. So let me unpack that for you today. Because just to say it is one thing, but we, let's go into it, okay? We all know that growth is essential to life. You're a new person every seven years. Did you know that? You're a new person every seven years. The human body is composed of 37 trillion cells. I counted them. <laughs> Took me a long time. And every single one of these 37 trillion cells changes every seven years on average. So like the, same, the person you were seven years ago, completely different. 
Now, I'm going to read you another a real gross one. Ready? This process is called cellular regeneration. Now, listen to this. The skin cells regenerate at a much faster rate, being replaced every few weeks. In fact, you're all going to want to go home and change your sheets. Ready? Uh, in fact, you lose close to 500 million skin cells every day. Now you're going to start wanting to change your sheets every day. Ooh, gross. The bottom line is, if you don't continue to grow, you die. Okay, Jesus talked about this uh, in one of his last conversations with his disciples before he went to the cross. Okay, well, you know, you ever hear of a, um, somebody taking a, a deathbed confession or a deathbed conversation? And the things people say at the very end are often some of the most important things. You know, I, I was talking to somebody a while back, this is a while back, and they said, my dad never told me he loved me. This just wasn't, his, and they had a good relationship. This was not like a, a sad thing. He, you know, they had a good relationship with their dad. It just wasn't something that he verbalized. He said, but I tell you what, I, I broke down when at, on his deathbed. He said, I hope you know how much I love you. And he carried that, like, oh, man. Like, all the things that he showed me, just, 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 just a little inside, sidebar here. If you're not telling your kids that you love them, that, should, that story should tell you that it's kind of important. I don't know why the words make a difference, but they somehow do. You know, it may not feel manly to you to, to say the words, but think about that guy. He knew his dad loved him. There's no question about it. But just hearing the words at the end of his life, he, he just lost it. So just that does nothing to do with what we're talking about. Just, you know. But things at the end of life are often very important when they're spoken. So this is right before Jesus goes to the cross. So John chapter 15. This is my favorite passage of Scripture, and I love when I get an opportunity to preach off of it. John chapter 15, hands down my favorite passage of Scripture in all the Bible. Okay? So I'm going to read it to you. John 15, 1 through 6. And it says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. See this agricultural conversation here. Ready? Every branch in me that does not produce fruit is removed. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather him up and throw him into the fire and they're burned. They're useless is what he's saying. Jesus says, that if we are not growing spiritually, we are withering and becoming useless. Okay? Growing spiritually is essential to life in Christ. And I believe, and here's, what, here's the point, I believe there are a lot of people out there who are wondering why their life is not working out. 
who have walked down paths that they thought that were right for them, but they're getting to the place where like, this isn't working. What started out as fun or what started out as my goals, it's, not, it's leaving me hollow inside. And they're looking for what's wrong. And I think this is it. Because I think spiritual growth is not just for is not just the process of growing spiritually. I think spiritual growth aids and increases physical and social and mental and all the different types of growth and causes you and me to be what we were created to be, humans in relationship with the Lord. And that's where we've... Now, I'm not saying it's, not, it's always easy, but I am saying that in that place, we are at our fullest. So spiritual growth aids every other kind of growth. And if you don't have those things, you're going to run dry. You're going to wither, and you're going to become useless. Now, he said, you, my, my, uh, my, you are already clean because of the words I've spoken. I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation, but what I am saying is that you are going to be disconnected. You're going to be, you're going to wither away, and you're going to become just pointless to the kingdom. So you grow or you die, okay? So the three observations from John 15 I want to tackle today is this. Number one, we must grow. It's essential. That's in the title of the message. <laughs> it's essential. Number two, discipline is key. Discipline is key. And number three, growth is natural. Now, that one might seem a little different to you. I want to really talk, take some time on that one, okay? So let's talk about the first one. We must grow. The passage we just read says this. Every branch that does not produce fruit is removed. Three things. Removed, thrown away, and burned. Okay? Matthew tackles this, and I want to look, you turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew tackles this um, in the parable of the sower. Jesus talks about this sower, and he talks about a bunch of different kinds of seed, okay? The seed is the same, but there's three different, there's multiple different types of responses to the seed. And what I want to ask you today is this, what, what kind of ground are you, right? Is the seed of the Word of God being sprinkled into your life? And is it finding fertile ground for growth? Because, again, Jesus uses an agricultural uh, parable to tell his, to tell his uh, followers the truth. So here we go. Matthew chapter 13, starting verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it grew quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. See? There's, there's growth is essential for there to be thriving, right? Number seven, other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still another seed fell in the good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some 60, and some 30 times what was sown. Let anyone, who, let anyone who has ears listen. 
You have ears this morning. Mine are still here. So here we go. Jesus explains it because his disciples had uh, hearing loss. They were like, why are you talking in riddles? Like, we don't understand what you're saying. He's like, you need new ears. Verse 18. So listen to the parable of the sower. And this is Jesus explaining it to his disciples. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one who's sown along the path. And the one sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the uh, deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on good ground, this is one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields, some 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. So why do I read all this to you? Jesus is emphasizing growth. It's essential. All the other ones died when they didn't receive the word or they did receive the word and it was plucked out by worries or people or persecution. All these things caused them to wither away and die. The only one who bore fruit was the one who received it and let it, let it um, cultivate good roots in their life. So it's essential. We must grow. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says, pay careful attention then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. His will, according to Matthew, is that you grow because he doesn't want you to die. He wants you to grow. Philippians 1, 9 says this, and it is my prayer that, you love many, uh, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment so that you may prove what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That's Paul's admonishment. He said to the Philippians, he said, this is what I want for you. I want you to grow. And there's a key phrase in there that we're going to talk about at the end of this. It says this, and so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Um, Filled with the fruit of the Spirit that comes through Jesus Christ. Keep that in the back of your mind. Where does it come? It comes through Jesus Christ. All right. So the second thing we need to talk about today, the first one is that it is essential. We, we must grow. We must grow. The second thing is discipline is key. Discipline is key. Now, you might be thinking, oh, man, this is where we're going. Here we go now. He's going to come up with some kind of regiment for me. That's not what I'm going to do. I want to put some principles in front of you. You can take the principles, and hopefully these principles get, get roots, Right? So it says in verse, uh, verse 2, he prunes every branch that, that produces fruit so that it may produce more fruit. So here's the thing. When, when you're producing fruit, when the, when the roots are growing, when things are happening, he doesn't leave you alone. 
He's not like, well, that one's okay. I can let that one go on its own. Go, it can go wild. No. What he does is he prunes it. And I don't even know if you've ever seen a pruning shear. Ouch. This is, no, this is, this is a weapon. This is a knife. And it's interesting. Um, the, I think they were, this is really talking about more like uh, grapes or something like that. But have you ever seen like, a, a, a well-pruned apple tree? Have you been to apple picking? Who's been apple picking? You're so weird. Why would you pay to do their job for them? Let them pick the apples and you just, oh, jeez. Anyway, um, yeah, I'll pay extra to go pick my own. All right. Um, but if you've seen a well-pruned apple tree, it's funky looking because a lot of the branches have been removed. A wild apple tree is very pretty. It's round, it's got, but it, it doesn't produce that much apple. They're kind of weird and... Uh, but when you prune it properly, it's got all these kinky little, like, offshoots. But, man, the apples are... I got this apple from the other day. My wife gave me this apple. It was like a basketball. It probably was not healthy at all. I think it had, like, growth hormone in it or what. But it, it was like a... But I mean, when it's properly pruned, <laughs> when it's properly pruned, you get lots of fruit. But I'm telling you, it's a lot of cutting. It's a lot of removing of superfluous things. I'm not even saying... It's always bad things. Like, it's not always like rotten branches. It may just be superfluous, things that are not useful. Energy that goes from the sun, the ground, the water is going to multiple places that it don't need to go and directing it to the place that's going to bear more fruit. I guarantee you that there's things in your life where the energy that God has given you is wasted in those directions. I got something I need to get pruned as well. We only have so much daytime. We almost got so much light. We only have so much resource. And we, we need to think about how we're directing those, those precious resources. So God says, any, any, any branch that looks healthy and is producing fruit, I'm going to prune it, man. I'm going to make it even better. I'm going to make it... I'm gonna make it produce far more than it ever thought possible, but it could take a little bit of uh, discipline. Hebrews 12 says this, no discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Can we, everybody say, thank you, scriptures, for being at least real with me, right? It's not like, oh, discipline's so much fun. You're going to love it. It's like, this, this is not fun. It's cutting. It's, 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 it's removing. It's canceling things. It's, ugh, right? So it's not fun at the time, but Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but healed instead. Do you see that there's, there's some responsibility put on us? It says, you need to be a little bit intentional about this. You need to make straight paths for your feet. You need to strengthen your hands. You need, you need to take a sermon like this and say, you know what? I take it. I get it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing to me that I got to do something here. And not be like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. Holy Spirit's always nagging on me. Pastor's always nagging on me. No, just, just take it. Straighten those paths out. It's okay. We're all, we're all in process. I said it earlier, we're all in process. 
right? 1 Timothy 4.8, for bodily discipline is only a little of little profit. That's why I don't work out, because the scripture said don't. So don't, don't bother, it's only, no, I do work out. I try to work out. So, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. He's giving you, what is he giving you? He's giving you a good why. It's not only, why should we straighten our paths? Why should we strengthen our hands? Why should we discipline ourselves? Because it's profitable for this life. So often the church skips to the other life. Well, I'll do things and at least I'll get to heaven. No. The disciplines and the, and the pruning that goes on in life is helpful now. It makes your life better now. And then also in the life to come. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I, I put this in the New, uh, New, uh, New Living Translation because I like the last word of it. Ready? Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets a prize? So run to win. Now, this speaks to me. I mean, I am one of the more competitive people that I know. In fact, I'm going to kill you all in bowling this weekend. You, you, you laid down the gauntlet last week, my friend, so sign up, sign up today. But no, I'm saying I'm a competitive person. I like to, you know, whatever my hand finds to do, I'm going to do it with all my might. That's just in me, right? That's what's just in me. So if we're all running a race, I'm going to be the one running for the prize. What race are you running, though? I found myself getting off on side roads that weren't the real race, and I was running towards those things to win the prize, and I'm like, whoa, this is the wrong race. I'm winning the prize, and I'm getting smeared here. My life is not good. I've gotten off track. You know what, you know what getting back on track is called? Repentance. That's, all, <laughs> that's what it is. That's, the way, that's what it means. You have to repent of getting off track and get back on track. That's all repentance is, and get back in the right race and then run that race for the prize. What does that mean? It means whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it with all your might, right? All right, number 25. I can get off on this because I'm a coach too, so I can get off on this. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Now, what is that eternal prize? Heaven, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of, I mean, yes, but I think it's bigger than that. I think our eternal rewards are the people that we bring with us. We run the race not just for ourselves. We run the race for them, right? Um, we're going to talk about that at the end of this series, about legacy building, this concept. We're, we're not just disciplining ourselves for our own good. We're disciplining ourselves. We're, we're growing in Christ. We're becoming uh, closer to Christ-likeness for those who are around us. The prize for me is going to be, yes, being in heaven, seeing the Lord Jesus Christ and, 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 and giving him that holy hug that I want to give him. But it's also going to be seeing my dad again because he left a legacy that I could follow. He paved the road for me so that I could run it. And then it's going to be waiting, waiting at the finish line for my kids to come along after me, right? So, the prize of heaven is not just getting there by the skin of your teeth. The prize of heaven is leaving a legacy for those who come after us. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. Now, I love that word shadow boxing. Why? 
Because shadow boxing is not real boxing. It's not, it's like basically saying, you guys in Corinth need to get in the game. You're doing all this, <laughs> wonderful. Just get in the game. Do that in the game. Don't just practice all the time. Get out there and do it. You know, the, our church in, in, in the West needs that concept. We're all really, really good Christians when we get into church and we sing, ha, ha. But the idea is that when we leave, when we, leave we, we just, like, forget. We're supposed to be Christians everywhere we go, in our workplaces, in our families, in our schools. We're supposed to be representatives of Christ wherever we go, right? We're not just shadow boxing. We're not coming into the church and, yay, we're practicing being a Christian. Well, get in the game. I've said it a hundred times. This is the time out. This isn't the game. This is for us to get a 30-second time out in the, in the game of life and, and all get in a big huddle and go, we can do this. We're, you know, yeah, praise the Lord. You know, the, the coach gives us a little bit of an adrenaline push and then, all right, let's Go out into the game. You can't stay in the, in the huddle. You can't stay in the practice ring. You've got to get in the game. All right, enough pushing. Now let's all just rest in this next one. Ready? The next one is this. Growth is natural. What do plants do? They grow. That's their whole job. That's your whole job is to grow. Okay, um, so let me ask you this question. When was the last time you really thought about cellu cellular regeneration? <laughs> I'm just going to grow some cells right now. That's not how it works. Things that in your life, the growth is natural. It happens naturally. I think a lot of times we look at growth spiritually as being we have to... That's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be an overflow of life. Growth is an overflow of life. Okay? Um, my daughter just turned eight this last week. And I, you know, we had a party for her. It was all great. She's eight years old. And I said, I said, kiddo, eight's enough. Eight's enough. Stop. Just stop. I was kind of cuddling her in bed and like, that's it. That's all. I don't want no more growing. And she goes, no, Dad. Besides, that's impossible. <laughs> Basically, it's like, Dad, are you really that stupid? <laughs> Let me help you, Dad, here. You know, that's not how it works. Right? Because growth is natural. We can't stop that. It's, it's part of who we are. It's part of life. Growth is an overflow of life. Most of us have no problem with growing. Our problem is not growing in the wrong directions. <laughs> I have that problem. Uh, when I was my son's age, I could eat anything I wanted. Count your blessings right now, boy, because it's going to end. <laughs> you get a good wife and some good cooking, and it's going to end. Uh, but, I mean, we, we'll grow. <laughs> we, we feed this body. It'll grow, right? Um, so this is what Jesus says about this. Verse 5, back to verse 5 of, of the main text. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, who abides in me, uh, produces much fruit. Because you, you can do nothing without me. Uh, Luke 6, 
43 says this, a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. That would be weird. A, tree, uh, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes. Like, let's, let's there's, there's a story. A girl um, ran into the house. She said, Grandpa, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I planted squash and it's growing watermelon. It's a miracle. It's like, no, honey, it's a mistake in the factory. You didn't plant squash, you planted a watermelon. It's, I mean, you know the fruit by its, by its fruit. You know, you know what it is by what it produces. You're not going to plant a tomato bush and get apples. This is not the way it works. You don't get figs from thorn bushes. It naturally grows out of a place. And here's the place, verse 45. A good person produces out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. You will grow naturally what you abide with. What you abide in, you will produce. What you're connected to, you will grow. Okay? The source that, are, that, um, that you are connected to is naturally determined by your fruit, right? It, when you see the fruit, you can tell what the source is. Not only will you produce fruit in kind, but it will also come naturally. Being connected to Christ, abiding in Christ, will produce the fruits of righteousness. Growth is natural. Let me put it a different way. Growth is easy. Like, whoa, wait a minute, Pastor. You just got through the whole second point was like discipline is key. This, why, this one's not easy. How can you say growth is easy? Discipline is hard. That is true. But what are you disciplining yourselves in? What are, you, what are we disciplining ourselves in? Doing good works? Are you disciplining yourself? I'm going to do some good works today. That's not a bad thing. But is that, is, that, is that what your discipline is pointed at? How about being righteous? I will be righteous today. When I go to work, I will point out all the unrighteousness. That will work out great for you. Following the rules, is that what you're disciplining yourself for? Just being a rule follower? Doing the right things at the right time, saying the right things, praying the right prayers? How about this one? This one's all-encompassing. I discipline myself to, to not sinning. Yeah, good luck with that one. I mean, I'm not saying go, go sin. I'm just saying if that's, your, if that's what you're trying to discipline yourself towards, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be hard. But here's the thing. We are instructed to discipline ourselves to do what? In this verse, it says to abide. We are, so we are to discipline ourselves to abide. Let me take a deep breath. Because if we abide in Christ, those things will come out of us naturally. 
right? That's what the principle is. What, the garbage in, garbage out, good things in, good things out. If we abide with Christ, if we discipline ourselves to be in Christ, the fruits of righteousness will automatically and easily grow out of us because growth is natural. So what we should be disciplining ourselves to do is to abide better. Abide means to remain, hold fast, or be absorbed in. Are you holding fast to Christ? Are you being absorbed in Christ? Jesus did all the doing so that we could do all the abiding. Think about that for a second. That'll, that'll change your week. That'll make you look a little bit different at discipline. It's not about doing. It's about abiding. God, Jesus did all the doing. We took communion this morning. We know what that means. He did all the doing. What he wants us to do is just to be connected to him. And the life flows through him. He said, without me, you can't be good. You can't not sin. You can't be righteous. You can't do the things. But with me, all those things will flow out of you naturally. That should take, make everybody just take a big, deep breath. Disciplines are not as difficult when they're disciplined in the right direction. All right, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Don't get all, you know, let's say you had a bad day and you just didn't live up to your spiritual potential. Right? Like, anybody ever had, only me? There was a, you guys are all saints and I'm like, Ugh. you know, uh, the idea is like, we've had bad days. We've, we've sinned. We, 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 you know, we, we mess up with our, our, our spouses. We, maybe we blow up a little bit. We don't treat our kids great. Our, you know, we, we talk bad about a coworker because, you know, they're coworkers and, yeah. And we like get home, we're like, ah, man. I didn't, do, I didn't do the things well. Don't worry about tomorrow. Abide in Christ. Abide. Don't try to do tomorrow all those things by your own strength. Just get more connected with Christ, and he will grow those fruits of righteousness out of you tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about right now. Worry about what you're supposed to discipline yourself to do, and that is to abide in Christ. Simple. Simple, but we make it hard. All right, Matthew. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. a lot of verses today. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary. All that you who are do, trying to do all the doing, right? All the doers. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's that deep breath I was talking about. Take my yoke upon. What is the yoke? The yoke is the teachings, the things that the rabbi says you must do. And he says, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Learn from me, because uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. Now listen to this. This is all about rest in me, abide. If you connect to me, these growths of, the growth of righteousness will come naturally to you. And here's the most important part about that. When this is our goal, when our goal is to uh, discipline our lives, to abide more in Christ, when the fruits of righteousness come out of our lives, we can't take credit for them anymore. It keeps us humble. 
It keeps us less snooty and judgmental. We could use a little of that in the church. Listen, I'm just like you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to abide in my Savior. And anything good I do, it's all for the glory of God. Anything bad I do, that's me, and I'm, I'm working on it. Can anybody say amen to that? I mean, come on. That's us. I mean, anything good is Christ in me. Please understand. Anything good that I do is because Christ is working in and through me because I'm abiding in him. Anything bad I do, well, that's all me. But I'm not content to live that way. I want to put that under the blood, and I want to abide in Christ, and I want him to work those things out in my life. Now, John 15 continues with this statement, and this is amazing, and he's talking about uh, abiding in Christ. He's talking about being part of the vine, about uh, producing fruit, right? So here we go in context. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want, and it'll be done for you. All those things you're, tr- you're striving for, all those things that you're working so hard for, all those disciplines that you have, uh, you know, those New Year's resolutions that you have broken. When we abide in Christ, those things will come naturally to us. Yeah, you want that? You got it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow that in you. See, we like to take this passage and, and, and make it 21st century and say, oh, I can get anything I want from God. Anything I want? Mercedes, Mercedes, God. I need a Mercedes. That's not what, in context, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about all the growth things that you are striving for. He said, all you need to do is abide in Christ, and all those things are just at your fingertips. God will give them to you, because that's what he does. He's the source of our life. My Father is, the, uh, is glorified to do this. <laughs> Think about that. Those things that you want, it makes God happy to give them to you. You want to bear fruit for Christ? That's it, uh, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Abide and watch God work in and through you. That's what we should be focusing on. We assume that we are meant to discipline ourselves to do, do, do. Scriptures teach us that we are to be disciplined ourselves to abide, abide, abide. Let me read you one more story from the Gospels that illustrates this point. And I promise I'll be done. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who was very annoying. No, that's not what it says. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. She was a doer. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister is annoying? Well, she was annoyed. Okay. Don't, don't you care that my sister has uh, left me to do, serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. Abide. Mary has made, it, made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. See, we, we, have, a pro- we have a problem. I have a problem with that passage because I'm a doer. 
I'm, a, I'm more of a Martha than I am a Mary. I, I know there's more Marys in here. I, I, I can look at your eyes. Many of you, I know you and you're Marys. And I, and I, 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 man, I wish I was more like that. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to grow me into that because I'm a doer. I'm a Martha, right? And that bothers me. Like, what? Jesus, you're just going to let her sit around? I'm with Martha on this. She's just loafing it. She just doesn't want to do the, dish, the dishes. I'm here working all day long, and so-and-so comes in and grabs all the attention. I'm a doer. I've been doing since I, Martha, this was Martha's DNA. She needed to, to apply the discipline of abiding. Something I need to do. Maybe you need to do it too. Okay? So maybe you need to, maybe you need to move towards the abiding. Or maybe you're a Mary and you're just like, whatever. I just love Jesus. Ah, presence is glorious. But you never get out into the game. Maybe you're, maybe you're living and you're just shadow boxing all the time. So we, no matter where we naturally sit, there's a balance there and there's a tension. And we need to move towards abiding in Christ and becoming more and more like him. Okay, so in recap. We must grow. Fruits of righteousness are essential in a healthy Christian. Number two, discipline is key. Significant and productive things never happen by accident. We must be intentional. But, number three, growth is natural. When, when you abide, discipline yourself to stay connected to Christ, the fruit of righteousness will be produced in your life, and you will grow. You will grow. And that is what we're going to be studying. So now that we've answered the why, I've answered my why. Hopefully you've gotten an answer to your why. For the next few weeks, let's continue to explore how we grow. Would you close in prayer with me? Lord, thank you so much for this this, this discussion today, this teaching from your word, a lot of scripture today. God, I pray that these scriptures penetrate through our, our defenses. God, help us to understand that these things, though are, they are essential, it's how we're wired. We're wired to grow. And when we connect to you, these things will happen if we are intentional about it. But there are so many things in our lives, like that seed that's sown. Are, are we allowing people to to take that seed away? Are we allowing the, the, the soil to choke it out? Lord, help us to let the seed of God's word today make roots in our lives and help us to, to discipline ourselves toward the right things, that being abiding in you. Because without you, we can do nothing. Lord, we praise you today. Thank you for being our strength, our hope, and for giving us the Holy Spirit so that these things can happen in our lives. Jesus in my prayer. Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great week. Next week, we'll be back. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. To find out more about New Life Church or to plan a visit, go to our website at discovernewlife.org.